0: Bring Your Kid to Work is being recorded in Mianjin. We acknowledge and pay our respects to the Jagara and Turrbal people as the traditional custodians of the land and waters on which we learn, work and play. We extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. We support the Uluru Statement from the heart and its call for an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice to be enshrined in Australia's constitution. It's time to bring your kid to work. Hey everyone. It's time to bring your kid to work. It's the family podcast that explores the world of work through the eyes of parents and their kids. Each week we interview one parent and their child to chat about what they do for work, what they like, what they don't like, and how they got there in the first place. Let's find out who we're talking to today. Dr. Rachel Bushing is a clinical psychologist. She's CEO and founder of the psychology practice Pop Psychology and its offshoot, Three Little Birds Perinatal Psychology. She's also my co host on Pop the Kettle On, our podcast where we discuss psychology through a pop culture lens. She brings with her today her son, Kit, who tells me about a job that I had no idea even existed. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Let's get on with the show. Hi, and welcome to Bring Your Kid to Work. This episode is called Don, 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 The Clinical Psychologist. We've got very special guests today, people I love. So I'm going to ask my first special guest to introduce himself. What's your name and how
1: old are you? My name is Kit and I'm eight years old. Kit, what grade are you in at school? Three.
0: Nice. Nice. Who have you got with you today? My mum. Ah, what's your mum's name? Rachel. Excellent. Do you know what your mum's job is? Psychologist. That's why I called this episode Clinical Psychologist, because that's what your mum's job is. You're amazing. Hey Rach.
2: Hello. (laughs) Welcome to Bring Your Kid to Work. We are super excited. Thank you. So proud. To be here, episode one.
0: woo We are very excited too. Rachel. Yes. You're a clinical psychologist. Correct. What does that even mean? Can we ask Kit? Kit, what do you think it is? What is a clinical psychologist? What does mum do at work?
1: I don't know. <laughs> you know a little bit.
0: Where are we right now in this building? What is this building for?
1: Um... Psychologist.
0: It's a psychologist's office. Yeah. Yeah. What is your mum's business called?
1: Um, pop psychology.
0: Nice work, excellent. What do people at Pop Psychology do all day? Do you reckon?
1: Talk to people to make them more happier.
0: Hmm. They also drink a lot of tea, don't they?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Only at this psychology office.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This one definitely has a lot of tea, the best kind. So they talk to people to make them feel happier. That's really interesting, isn't it? What do you think they talk about?
1: Um, They talk about like if somebody's stressed about birth, um, they try to make them more happier, to make them more calmer. Ooh,
0: I like that. I was stressed about birth. I've had four babies. It can be very stressful. So, Rach, pop Hello. psychology. Yes. Now has a
2: little offshoot. Yes. A baby. It had a baby. Mm-hmm. What's the baby called? Three little birds, perinatal psychology.
0: Okay. So there's psychology. And then there's, I know, like there's child psychology, there's perinatal psychology. All right. <laughs>
2: okay. All right. All right. All right. What let's, does it mean? Let's get serious then. Because I dodged the question what's a clinical psychologist? Yeah. Psychology likes to breed a lot of undergraduate students every year that aren't employable. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I think UQ, where I went, probably graduated oh, probably a 1,000 undergrad psychology students even back when I went through. Wow. So from your base psychology degree though, you are employable but not just as a psychologist in the form of what I do. You have to work for another two years at least to then be a clinical psychologist. Okay,
0: so hang on. Mm-hmm. You went to university for how long? Seven years. Seven years, and you got what? What are your qualifications? I have a doctorate in
2: clinical psychology. So you, you didn't. I just, know. I'm confusing you. You did no, two no, years. No.
0: You didn't just go to get a doctorate. You had to get a bachelor degree first. Mm.
2: there's a few different pathways you can do Mm. so after your three-year psychology degree it's kind of often in most unis it sits with arts or sometimes it sits in the science department we Mm -hmm. like to say it's a blend between arts and science so often it does those sit under arts humanities so you can get like an arts degree majoring in psychology Mm. say but then often there's a selective process to get into the fourth year which is your honors year Ah. Um, so then you would have a psychology degree with honours. If you then want to go on to be a clinical psychologist, you would enrol in a master's of clinical psychology, which is generally two years, or you could do a research PhD with the clinical master's, four years, or <gasps> you can split the difference like I did and do a clinical doctorate, but it's a bit less common wow. to do the doctorate.
0: That is a lot of university study.
2: Yes, I wish I could do more (laughs) I wish I didn't have to leave that's why I go back and supervise Ah, no way you wouldn't do that much study
1: yeah I would not no way no way Kit why not um because it's too much work and I
0: always get bored (laughs) what if you're really interested in it though Kit your mum is obviously really interested in psychology and how people's brains work and how their feelings work
1: what are you really interested in um, I'm really interested in ores and um, types of dirt.
0: Ores and types of dirt. So like iron ore and different types of dirt. Yes. So do you want to make mud pies? No. No? Why are you interested in those?
1: Um, I think you're talking about the wrong type of dirt. Oh, okay, good. Teach me about the right type of dirt then please? Um, like um, desert dirt. Yeah, so sandy kinds of dirt? Yeah, sandy types of dirt and um, hard types of dirt and normal types of dirt.
0: Okay. I am fascinated by dirt now and why you're interested in dirt.
1: Why do you think dirt's so interesting? What can it tell us? Dirt is interesting because dirt has a bunch of grains in it and it's really fun to go searching through it. Oh, what can you find in dirt? Um, ores. Yeah. You can find um stuff that people have left there. Oh. Like what? Um, money. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs>
2: Is that what it's all about, searching through soil for money? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kit came home one day, maybe about a year ago, and he said, I think I want to be a soil scientist. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard of a soil scientist. This is a really cool job
0: idea. So this is what you want to do when you grow up and get big? Yes. Wow. Do you think scientists maybe need to go to university and study a little bit though? Yeah. I reckon they might. Maybe not as long as mum has. I think if you're interested in soil science, you might need to do a little bit of uni. What do you think?
1: I actually um, disagree on you on that. I okay. think that they would um, study for more. For longer? Yeah.
0: You just said you didn't want to go to uni for that long and now you're telling me that the thing you want to do, you have to study for longer? Yeah. Wow. I think that's because there's so many different kinds of dirt and you would have to learn so many different kinds of things. Oh my goodness! I am learning so much today. What can you do with ore? Why is ore so exciting?
1: Because, ore, um, ore you can sell ore and then you can get money.
0: Okay, but what do they do with the ore when you've sold it?
1: Do you know? Um, they try. They make jewelrys and necklaces. N- ju- I can't say the right word. Um, and necklaces. Oh, jewellery. Yeah. And, right. Okay.
0: That's very cool. So this is the thing you want to do when you get big? Yes. Wow. What about before you get big? What do you think your first job's going to be?
1: Working at McDonald's. Why do you think that is? <laughs> who do you know who's worked at McDonald's, Kitty? My mum. Yeah.
2: You know someone else who worked at McDonald's? You just don't know. You know them.
0: Nicole. Me. Yep. Yeah. So, Rach, was that your first job? First job. And what was the best thing about McDonald's when you worked there? The free food.
2: No, hang on, it wasn't free. It was half price. 50%, yeah. 50% off (laughs) for chips. It was down the road. Yeah. They gave me money.
0: This is always a good thing.
2: Sometimes it would be quiet and you could hang out with people, but my boss was pretty serious about if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. So there was no chilling out.
0: No chilling out allowed. No. That was one of my favourite things, that you could hang out with your friends. That was a very cool thing about my first job too. Now, Rach, what made you think, you know what I want to be when I grow up? A psychologist. Was that what you wanted to be when you were kids' age? Uh Uh-uh. What did you want to be when you were kids' age? Singer. A singer. Did you want to sing in a band? Did you want to be... In the theatre, did you want to be a solo artist, Taylor Swift style? No, I'm
1: just joking.
2: (laughs) Thought I'd see what his reaction was.
1: I thought that you weren't joking because you're such a good singer. Oh, a
2: rave review. Thank you, my darling. No idea. Yeah. Although my mum used to say that there was three of us girls and my older sister was very good. She was the really theatrical one. Mm. So my mum would say that she's probably going to be on Broadway and my younger sister was really, really sporty so she was probably going to want to do something with that and guess what she thought I would be good at? I don't know. Being a librarian. A librarian. Because I was reading a lot all of the time. Ah.
0: But that just means you really like to read books. It doesn't mean you want to help other people find the books they need. Yeah.
2: I mean, look, in hindsight, like she's not wrong Mm. but – how are you meant to know what a librarian is when you're, say, eight?
0: That's really true. You just see them when you go and pick up a book at the school, don't you? Do you have a librarian at school, Kit?
2: Um, yes.
0: Yeah. That's not something you want to do, though. No. no. Not at all. No. What did your mum and dad do, Rach? My mum
2: and dad are both teachers.
0: Both teachers.
2: Both high school teachers. And so both of them were teaching when I was growing up. Yeah. I got lots of hanging out in the staff room after school, mucking around with the photocopier, helping mum. You know how sometimes you'd print things out of the photocopier and it wouldn't sort properly? Yep. We would sometimes sit there while they were in a meeting or something like that, sorting the pieces of paper. Nice.
0: Mhm. That's very helpful. Yeah. I liked it. But did that that didn't make you want to be a teacher watching your mum and dad be teachers?
2: It didn't. Yeah. However, when I got to my upper high school years, I don't think I really gave what I was going to do as a job too much thought. Wow. I actually felt like all the other kids would be like, I want to be a fireman and I want to be a ballerina. And I was a little bit, huh? I don't know, but I also didn't really worry about it. But then apparently when you're leaving high school, you, you have to start thinking about these things. A little bit. Yeah. People tend to want you to think about these things. <laughs> they, yeah, I suppose so. Although, I don't know. I wonder if, it was, if it's worse these days or if that's just my experience.
0: Well, you are a clinical psychologist and you do see kids who are in high school this as well true. as your perinatal practice. Mm-hmm. So, Kit, when your mum's here talking to people about what they're worried about, do you think she just sits in one spot and just listens to them the whole time? What do you think she does?
1: I think that the woman or boy or man or girl is in there might be crying and also talking to my mum while my mum helps them while talking to them. Yeah. Here's the tricky thing because especially in lockdown,
2: I would have to do my work with my clients in the front room, hey, in the study. And try to close everything up because if you guys were home, well, first of all, I couldn't do my job just closing the door if you guys weren't supervised. So we had to try and juggle things so that Daddy would be home to look after you guys because what do I say to you? Sometimes nowadays I still do do a consultation from home, don't I? Because now that you're a bit bigger, 11 and 8, I can leave you now Mm-hmm. rather than eight and five, <laughs> I can leave you now for like an hour and I hope that no one burns down the house while I'm doing my consultation. Because you need privacy for your consultations, Lots don't you? of privacy and I say, do not interrupt, yeah. don't I? And then sometimes I have just a meeting or I'm doing supervision or something like that and I say, if you need something, you can come in. If it's urgent, you can come in, but please don't disturb. Yeah. But when I'm seeing a client, I say, do not come in, don't. Yeah. I. So
0: why do you think people need privacy when they're t- talking about their feelings and, and their worries, Kit?
1: Nobody else needs to know um, what they're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're private thoughts, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you respect when your mum has
0: private consultations, that you give her the space to be able to do that. That's really cool. Good job, bud. Rach, what is it that you do all day?
2: Is Kit right? Yes. Pretty much. So here's how I explain. (laughs) He's doing a little victory dance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And deservedly so.
2: Yes. Whenever I had, if I had another kid who was eight like you and I had them come to see me for the first time, first of all I would say to their mum and dad, what does the little guy know about what it is that we do here? I like to take my lead from the parents Mm. sometimes because they all have a different level of comfort around how it is that we're going to explain what they're doing here. Isn't weird? But then usually my go-to is that I say that I help people with their feelings. So if there's a feeling that they're having, and most of the time it's like the inside out, guys, so like the feelings of anger or, or worry or sadness is like bubbling up and getting too big sometimes and getting in the way of things they need to do in their life, that's usually what I do is help them with that. Ooh. So I'm kind of like a feelings doctor and then sometimes I say if you cut your toe and it needs to be stitched, I'm not that kind of doctor. I do not do broken toes. I do not do blood. No. I don't do temperature. I don't do anything else inside of the body except I'm like a feelings doctor. That's a pretty good explanation.
1: Yeah, but don't you um help me when I get hurt? <laughs> First aid, yeah, I can do <laughs> a little bit.
0: That's, that's being Dr. Mum, not being an actual doctor.
2: But that, you make a good point because most of the time with people and their feelings, most of the time it is something that mum and dad can help them with or their husband or wife or their best friend or their teachers. Sometimes there are problems that you can get help from just the people in your life. Yeah. But sometimes the people that I see, it might be because it's a problem that is a problem for the kid, but also a problem for the parents. So everybody kind of needs the help. Yeah. Or they don't know who to turn to or they think that feelings are bad and talking about feelings is going to be bad so they don't want to bring it up with anyone else. If the world worked as it should in my book, a lot of the time I wouldn't really have a job except for the really major stuff. Sometimes people get very sick with their feelings and they might need hospital and lots of really big medication. But I don't really do that kind of psychology. I do more of the feeling psychology.
0: And sometimes our feelings are really huge and we think that we're the only person who's ever had that feeling and then you talk to someone about it and you realise that other people have had that feeling too and here's some things that they tried and here's some things that worked for them and... And then you realise that there's things that you can do to make the big feelings not feel so big. That's
2: really cool. And sometimes I say it's a bit like a coach rather than a doctor actually. Mm. Kind of like a soccer coach. Like you might be kicking okay but you might want to get a bit better at your kicking. So sometimes people see a psychologist, even when it's not a problem, they just want to get better at something like better at sleeping, better at meeting their goals, do that kind of stuff too, being a better parent. That's what I do a lot in the perinatal stuff. Mm. Mums and dads who say, oh, I, I think I'm doing it all wrong. Good news is a lot of the time I just have to be the person who says you're doing a lot right. But also, hey, let's talk about getting an education to be a parent. So many people just have a baby and no one teaches them how to be a parent. It's very true. So I'm like, of course you need to learn some things. Totally okay. Kit,
0: you want to be a soil scientist?
2: Yes, does that
0: mean you like being outside and getting dirty? Um,
1: it depends. It
0: depends? So what do you think your days will be like if you're a soil scientist? What will you do during the days? If
1: I was a soil scientist, I would be out and about in um, little sections of Brisbane because that's where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And I'll be places like there. I'll be... I'm um, searching for different types of soil and looking at it. Yeah.
0: Do you think that soil scientists also work in labs sometimes, like a laboratory, and they look at soil under microscopes and things like that? Yeah. They do? Okay, because I don't know. I'm asking. What makes a good job, do you think?
1: A good job um, makes a good payment and a, and good people there.
0: Yeah. I think that's really true. Those, those both, both of those things are really important. Rach, what do you love about your job?
2: I think that's a perfect definition. A good job gives you enough money and has good people.
0: Yeah. What do you like about being a psychologist, Rach? I
2: have a funny story about this. I did not know what I wanted to do after school. I was lucky enough to get okay grades. I sort of chose my senior subjects based on what I thought I wasn't going to hate, mm. found out I hated some of it, then, when I was looking at the preferences for uni, one thing I knew is that I wanted to go to uni because i I think probably because I actually enjoy studying and learning things, and even nowadays, I'll just watch documentaries. They do talk to lots of teenagers these days. And maybe it's just the ones sent to the psychology office, but a lot of them have internalized a huge pressure about what it is that they need to do after school. And I always say to them, so my professional opinion, is you should just lean into the things that you're really, really good at. There's probably a way to make money in that thing that you are good at. Don't get so concerned about what's going to be a good job or what's going to be a bad job. Because if you find that it comes easy to you, it's probably going to be a good job. Also, the other professional piece of knowledge I have in my head is that money doesn't make you happy. In fact, there's a lot of research that says at a certain salary, misery starts to go up Ah. with salary. I often think that I'd like to make more money (laughs) for the work I do, but at the end of the day, I think it's actually quite nice because you've got to have something to strive for. The thing about education is that it's awful when people have a, they hate school because they don't get inspired by school and then they think, oh, I'm no good at anything.
0: And that's not necessarily true. They just are not getting taught the right way or or they don't like that particular
1: thing. Kit, what at school do you love at the moment? I like English because English we get to use two books.
0: So you like English. And what else do you like at school that's not just a subject? What are the things at school that you do that make you happy?
1: Um, playing soccer at lunchtime. yeah. Do you love soccer? Yes.
0: I think playing soccer is really good. Playing sports with a team, being part of something. I really
2: like that. I have another job that you would really, really love to do.
1: There's two jobs that I want to be when I'm older. Oh, do tell. I missed one. Go. Soccer player Mm -hmm. and soil scientist. Okay.
0: I like that. Do you know that you could do both of those things? You don't have to choose. You can do both. Because did you go to uni straight after school, Rach? Uh-huh. Because some people go to uni straight after school and other people wait until they're in their fourth job. So I had to count in my head then. Could you see the wheels turning? Until they get to their fourth job and their fourth job says, we're going to pay half of your uni fees. Would you like to do a university degree? And I said, sure, I'll give that a try. That's when I went to uni. I was already working. And then I did it part-time. So you can do uni lots of different ways and you can also do it the other way as well. You can do uni first and then you go, you know what I really like? Making furniture. I want to learn how to make furniture. You know, you can do so many different things and you don't have to be stuck with
2: one. How cool is that? Really, really cool. Yeah, it is. I have another idea. Oh, you can always play soccer, but you might not get paid to play soccer.
0: Mm. True. What makes a bad job then, Rach?
2: I think probably something that you really struggle to do.
0: Mm. Because it's important to find something you don't mind doing. You actually kind of like it and you enjoy going there every day or working with the people you work with every day. But I think there's also something in the idea, like you were saying, about playing soccer for fun, that you can do stuff – that is just fun outside of work. Work doesn't have to be your whole life all the time. What do your friends want to be when they grow up? Do, do you guys talk about it at all, Kit? No, we don't. Rach, yes. you've given us some advice around things that you choose. But if someone came in and was absolutely miserable in their job,
2: what might you suggest to them? A lot of people don't dare to ask themselves the question – what am I good at and how can I make this thing like better in a way that's going to suit me? Because do you know why I run a business, Kitty?
1: Um, To make more friends and have money.
2: Yeah, so I can hire
1: friends and I can be the queen boss lady.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Has
2: the, has the money rolled in yet? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, the job I made for myself, I couldn't find another boss to give me the job that I have, so I made my own. Wow. So I think I made the right choice, but it's also why I do like supervision and training and run workshops and host a podcast because for me, just seeing the people every single day, I actually really, really like it, but there's something that I want to do that's creative or like teaching.
0: So you've made your own job in a way that you want it. And have your own business because you are a boss lady legend. Is that what we've figured out? Is your mom a boss lady legend, Kit? Um, No. She's only a boss. Oh, okay. So not the not the boss lady legend yet, maybe.
1: Yeah, she's
2: only the boss. Hopefully we'll get there one day.
0: Yeah. But I love that you've created things that make you happy, right? Thank you. That's really clever.
2: Thank you because it comes with a whole load of stress. Yeah. But my husband and I chat about this a lot the burden of running a business and especially right now it can be pretty unstable and at the end of the day it is my dream so that's what keeps us going. Gotta follow a dream. It is tricky actually do you know what oh how how could I have forgotten this? Whenever anyone said what do you want to do when you grow up you know what I would always say? What? I want to be a mom. Oh. That was always the thing that I wanted to do. Okay. So yeah, I was born clucky, I like to say. Me too. Do you think being a mummy is a job?
1: No. Well.
2: What, what is it?
1: Part-time job. Mm.
2: Well, no, actually, that's not true. It's actually an every minute of every day job.
0: Full-time job. Yeah. Full-time plus job indeed.
2: Forever. For life. You can't really
1: take leave. You can't quit. And then the job that you have then is a part-time job. Kit, do you think that
0: kids need to know anything about work when they're your age?
1: Yeah, kids my age right now need to know that you're eventually going to probably get a job and you might struggle a bit, but you'll get used to it. I like that. That's good. Because sometimes struggling a bit means that you
0: realize that it's worth it having a bit of a struggle and you go, you know what, that was worth it. I learnt stuff and I'm better at the other end of it. I love that you did this, Kit. Thank you. This is very cool. Rach, is there anything that I didn't ask you about jobs and work that you think I should have asked you or that you would like to say?
2: I just have something I want to say to Kit because take it from a person who got really good marks and grades and Kit gets very good grades but sometimes worries. Being smart at things like maths and English and science doesn't always mean that you're going to, like, be guaranteed the best job in the world because the best job is up to you. Yeah. And you have so many different talents, so many different things that you could do because the thing about being a hard worker and, like, a good person who people will like in the job, you already have that down pat and you don't have to figure it out for many, many, many years ever, really Ever. No, like you can be 80 and decide to do a different job.
1: 80. Mm-hmm. Eight zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight
2: zero. I think it's important to know, Rach, that whole idea of
0: you can learn new things all through your life and you can try new things all through your life.
2: Let's hope so because yeah. the idea that you have it all figured out at 15 when you're making your senior selections. Actually, no way. It's pretty ageist, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really
0: cool way to end it, Rach. Thank you for that. Awesome. Thank you, Kitty. Thank you. Bye. Bring Your Kid to Work is a production of Lioness Media. This episode was produced and edited by me, Nicole Lesio. Our music is composed by Rico with graphics and design from Anastasia Makuka. Subscribe to Bring Your Kid to Work wherever you're listening right now to hear all our episodes. And you can follow us on Instagram at Bring Your Kid to Work and on Facebook at Bring Your Kid to Work, the podcast. Visit bringyourkidtowork.com to see bonus content, transcripts from our episodes and to sign up to our newsletter for the latest updates. I look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for listening.